This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. For many people, COVID has been a bit like a flu. You get sick, sometimes with a cold or a headache, you might get a fever, you might be extremely tired, and then you rest and isolate, and in a couple of weeks, it all goes away. But for a portion of people, those symptoms can last a lot longer. It's what's known as long COVID. But even if you get just mild COVID, it turns out that this virus might be having more of an impact on your body than scientists initially realised, and specifically on your brain. Researchers have discovered that in some patients, COVID actually causes your brain to shrink. And for another portion, it can actually cause post-COVID psychosis. So given COVID is just a couple of years old, what do we actually know about this virus and its impact on our brain? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, what we thought of COVID originally was that it was a respiratory illness and it was the kind of thing that you would, you know, get a nasty cough and um, you would get the, the spicy cough, people would call it, and then you would sort of um, recover. But now we're really seeing that it affects um, most body systems, uh, in, uh, including the brain. My name's Sarah Helliwell. I'm a research fellow at Curtin University and I work um, mostly on uh, MRI uh, technologies to understand neurodegeneration in the brain. And um, there's a paper that's come out about two weeks ago um, from the UK Biobank, which is a huge data set um, that has been going now for several years of volunteers. So there's um, tens of thousands of people involved in this um, massive study and the data is then made available for researchers. So this study, what they were able to do is get about 800 people who before they um, before the pandemic were scanned, had their brains scanned and then about half of those people, so about 400 people went on to have COVID and about 400 never had COVID and then they scanned them again so they could see really clearly what the effects of COVID were on the brain and they um, found actually that COVID, just a mild COVID infection, so people who weren't hospitalised, weren't um, having a severe illness, they still had brain changes um, in several brain regions um, of a loss of volume or a shrinkage from about 0.2 to about 2% um, of the brain um, volume in that area. So that's equivalent of about one in six years of normal ageing. So it's quite a lot, um, but we're not quite sure um, what the context of that is because these people are about five miles after their infection. So it may be that this is the start of a sort of ongoing neurodegeneration and sort of an um, accelerated aging, or it could be that the brain recovers or that we just have after infection, this initial loss and then people sort of stabilize. So we really need more research over time. Wow. Okay. And how is that affecting people that you know, is that affecting specific regions of the brain or is it like the, the whole brain is shrinking? Yeah, so there are, um, what they found was that the whole brain overall did shrink just a little bit, um, but specific regions shrunk a bit more than others. So the, these regions were the orbitofrontal cortex, which is right at the front um, of the brain near the eyes and nose. So it's quite linked into the smelling system. Um, and also the parahippocampal gyrus, which is an area um, quite related to memory. It's part of the limbic system. So it's also um, quite important for emotion and things like that as well. Um, so what they think is that perhaps Perhaps um, it's these brain regions are uh, linked to loss of smell and taste and there's a degeneration that way or it could be an inflammation in the brain as well or changes in blood vessels and um, 
damage to the blood-brain barrier, letting um, molecules and cells come through into the brain tissue. They're not quite sure. Now, one of the common symptoms that people seem to be getting with COVID is a loss of smell. And for a portion of people, this loss in their senses seems to be lasting for many months after the COVID infection disappears. And this symptom kind of stumped experts. But as Sarah just mentioned, the portion of the brain that deals with our sense of smell actually gets affected by the virus. It really is quite interesting. But what um, one of the newer theories is, uh, is that the um, you lose that sense of smell um, or taste. And because you're not getting that sensory feedback, the networks that are involved in that aren't getting activated as much as they usually would. And you sort of have a bit of a... Um, a loss of activation, which then has caused that um, change in that network um, and caused those that degeneration. Now, this paper that Sarah is referring to talks about both a reduction in global brain size and also a reduction in grey matter thickness. So how is a reduction in thickness different from overall shrinkage in the brain? So what they do is they measure the brain volume. You can measure it in different ways um, on an MRI scan. So you can look at all the brain areas together. So that's the whole brain grey matter. Um, And you can also do what's called a parcellation, where you sort of divide the brain up with a um, computer program into different smaller areas. So you can then measure the volume or the thickness of those areas. So we tend to do um, for the cortex, which is the outer layer of the brain with a bit with the um, all the indentations in it. we tend to measure that in terms of thickness. Um, so we can say if there's thinning of certain regions of the cortex. Have we seen this with other illnesses or is this isolated to COVID? No, it's certainly not isolated to COVID. It's involved. Um, we see the same kinds of changes to different degrees um, in lots of different um, illnesses and diseases. Um, so we see the same kinds of thing just anyway in ageing over time. We have changes um, broadly over the brain. Um, and we see these kinds of accelerated um, volumetric changes in mild cognitive impairment, which is kind of a precursor to Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Um, We also see it in depression and traumatic brain injury or concussion as well. While COVID can cause your brain to shrink, it turns out it can also impact on your mental health. That's coming up after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. Even mild cases of COVID are having an impact on the size and thickness of the brain. And it turns out it can also affect your mental health. 
In a small portion of COVID patients, it seems that the virus might be causing psychosis. Yeah, this is a really interesting thing that um, there's been mostly sort of anecdotal reports, but there's been a few small studies now um, looking at the evidence of um, post-COVID psychosis. So um, what tends to happen with psychosis is that people um, have sort of a break from reality and they can't um, have a lot of difficulty differentiating what's real and what isn't, which can be very scary for um, the person who's undergoing psychosis, but also for the people around them. Um, and so when people have psychotic episodes, they tend to have um, delusions and paranoia. Um, they may have panic attacks or heightened anxiety, and they may behave in a way which is um, very erratic or abnormal for them and have disorganised thoughts as well. Do we have any idea why some people seem to be developing this sort of post-COVID psychosis? No, they really don't know, which is kind of the scary thing. So it is rare, I will say that. Um, it affects probably um, just a small amount of people, sort of less than 1% of people. Um, but these tend to be people who have never had um, a history of psychosis or even mental illness. They tend um, not to have a family history of psychosis either. Um, so it's not like they were already unwell and then had another what they call episode of psychosis um, after having COVID. Um, they People who've been quite sick with COVID and been hospitalised for some time um, have been reported to have psychosis, but people who've had just a mild infection have also had psychosis. Um, so it doesn't seem to be related to severity of illness. Um, and it's been reported over time throughout the pandemic, so it also doesn't seem to be related to a particular strain of COVID either. Now, this post-COVID psychosis is quite serious, but the good news is that it doesn't seem to be lasting all that long if patients get the appropriate treatment. It is concerning. The um, the good news is that people who have had psychosis um, have um, fared very well after medical treatment. Um, so they will usually go on some kind of antipsychotic um, medication regime. They may need inpatient um, treatment in a hospital to um, keep on top of their medication and help stabilise them. Um, but usually within a number of days or weeks, people are well again and um, recognise that they had that episode of psychosis and are um, feeling better and able to come off their medications. Whether it's post-COVID psychosis or a shrinkage in the brain, the truth is that COVID is still a relatively new virus, and there's a lot we don't know about how it can affect us in the long term. So scientists are going to have to wait and see to determine whether or not our brains recover after they're affected by COVID. So we really just, um, because it is so new in the scheme of things, we really don't have a lot of information about how this is going to affect people long term. So we're starting to see more and more evidence of um, long COVID, which initially was just sort of anecdotal reports. But we're now starting to see studies of people who have long COVID and what the um, the kind of chronic effects of that are, and they have um, often a lot of overlap with things like um, post-concussion um, symptoms when people have a brain injury and they don't um, they have difficulty recovering from that injury. It's the same kind of symptoms as chronic fatigue as well. Um, so there may be um, long-term consequences for people who have a delayed recovery from COVID, but we're really not sure how that's going to play out in terms of their um, effects on the brain, effects on the rest of the body um, and their mental health as well. Also making news today, 
NASA has announced plans to develop a second Artemis moon lander. SpaceX was selected in 2021 to deliver the first lander for the Artemis missions, and now NASA says it will award a second contract in a hope to drive competition and build redundancy. NASA had initially planned to select two companies to build moon landers, but budget constraints meant they only selected SpaceX. Blue Origin and Jeff Bezos took issue with this and took NASA to court over the decision, although they lost the case. No doubt Jeff will be extremely happy with this news. Google has announced a new trial that will let Android app developers use their own billing systems. A small number of developers will take part in the pilot program, starting with Spotify. Until now, Google had blocked third-party in-app payment systems, forcing developers to use Google's own payment system. Both Google and Apple have come under fire for this practice, in which they take a percentage of the revenue from transactions. Spotify has been one of the biggest critics of Apple in this regard, filing an antitrust complaint against the company in 2019. Spotify calls this new partnership with Google a multi-year agreement. And lastly today, the inventor of the GIF, Steve Wilhite, has died at the age of 74, surrounded by his family. Wilhite created the graphics interchange format in 1987 as a way to distribute high-quality graphics at a time when computers were incredibly slow. The GIF became an integral part of internet culture, with the explosion of memes. And in 2013, Wilhite stunned the internet by revealing that it's pronounced GIF, not GIF. But I refuse to call it GIF. It will always be a GIF. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was hosted by me, Christopher Lawson, and James Parkinson is our producer. If you're enjoying the show, then I encourage you to share it with a friend. Sharing the show is the best way to help us build the Defrag community. That's all the news today. I'll be back with more tomorrow.